One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, we got a couple of mailbag questions to get to at the end of this podcast. We're going to start off with some Bucks news, though. They released place kicker Ryan Suckup. This was not unexpected. He's 36 years old. It saves them $3.75 million on the salary cap. That was his salary, which was not guaranteed for a team that needed salary cap space and still does because you're talking about things like other free agents that they'd like to resign some of their own, certainly. And then you have to clear space for your draft picks, um, you know, injured reserve and all of that. This, this just appeared to be inevitable. But since they hadn't done it until now, you know, you, you almost kind of thought, well, maybe he's going to make it to training camp. Well, he didn't. And I will say this about Ryan. He, <laughs> I don't think they won a Super Bowl without him because he came at the right time. You know, when you think about Jason Light and the Bucks and all the, you know, attempts to solve the kicking situation, drafting Roberto Aguayo, drafting Matt Gay, who, of course, went on to become a Pro Bowl kicker and now just signed a huge deal uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. They have had so many difficult, you know, eras with, with kickers that, you know, for Suckup to come in here and do what he's done, he, he finishes as the most accurate kicker in Bucks history. His three-year um, total was 84.8%. He was 84 for 99 in field goals, and that, that broke Connor Barth's mark. At eighty three point eight, Connor Barth was, uh, you know, an undrafted free agent was with the Bucks two different times, but uh, Todd Bowles pretty much telegraphed this because at the end of the season when he had his press conference, he talked about wanting to have someone have a little bit more range. You know, suck up while accurate inside of fifty yards. He was only two of seven on field goals of fifty yards or more. And the average distance of those attempts were just 52.3. So it wasn't like they were trying them from 60 or 59. Um, he just simply wasn't going to get it there. And they've seen his percentage dropped each year that he was with the Bucks. Um, his first year, when when they the year they won the Super Bowl, he was absolutely a huge reason. Um, you know, he went 28 for 31, which is remarkable, 90.3. I still think that's the best mark by any Bucks kicker in a single season. But then he declined in the last two years, 83.3 and 81.6% on field goal tries. So they have a kicker on the roster, um, Jake Verity, who's you know signed a futures contract at the end of last season. He's never kicked in the NFL. He was only a 75.5% kicker at East Carolina, and he was 4 of 10 from 50 yards or longer, so maybe a little bit more range. But um, they're probably going to have to sign, or no doubt will sign, another free agent kicker here, a veteran somewhere down the line. So um, unfortunate for Ryan, good dude, uh, did a nice job for him, but this is where they're at salary cap-wise. And he's not going to draft another kicker, is he, Steve? (laughs) We've learned not to draft kickers. Although Matt Gay, who who didn't have a good year as a rookie, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was his only mistake was that, you know, he came in here, um, I think it was maybe one of Jameis Winston's last years or, or his, was his last year. And, you know, he went on – he had a great strong leg, and he went on, of course, to be a Pro Bowl kicker for the Rams, beat the Bucks in that playoff game. But I don't know, man. 
I think I'd find me a veteran. I don't know that I'd use a draft pick. He was a fifth rounder. Gay was 71% as a rookie. So I don't know. I, I think there's enough needs on this team in the draft that they're not going to use it on a kicker. Yeah, I agree. They've got you. enough needs for defensive line, offensive line, running yeah. back. <clears throat> you probably need to find yep. a younger receiver at some point. And safety, um, yeah. Linebackers. Uh, you start going tight end, they could still use more of there. I mean, you start going through the needs of this team in the draft. Yeah. And I, I think either look to a, a veteran kicker or try out a rookie who goes undrafted. Yeah. You know, bring in a veteran to compete and make it a competition and see. But yeah, right. I don't I don't see them drafting a kicker unless there's just a kicker out there they think is really good and he falls well below where they believe he should be in the draft. I mean, you think right. a kicker's got a <clears throat> say a fourth round grade and it's a sixth round and he's still there. Yeah. Maybe you take him then. But beyond that, I, I don't I think there's too many other needs. Yeah. No, I would agree with you. He's done it twice. It didn't work out. Um, can't blame him for it because they're trying to solve it. You know, for mm-hmm. four or five years, you'd like to have a guy uh, and not have to pay him a veteran wage. But it's uh, it's an important part of the game, especially when you're a team that's, especially this year, likely to play close games. You know, it's hard to score in this league, uh, and it's all about points. And we, we, we learned that during the time that Bruce Arians was here and when they won the Super Bowl. And then last year, you know, they averaged just over 18 points a game. If you can get, you know, most games decided by one score or less. So, you know, if you get the occasional 50-yarder, um, that's money in the bank. And it's, you know, it's not uncommon to get into that kind of field goal range. You know, you got to get down to about the 30, you know, 37-yard line or so. And um, you're leaving a lot of points off the board if you're constantly having, to, you know, to go for it or punt. We've seen Todd Bowles punt a lot inside, you know, well inside the uh, opponent's uh, uh, 45-yard line and stuff. And and you'd like to take that decision out of his hands if he could get points. You know, play play to the strength of your defense, sure, but, um, you know, it's all about points. So maybe they'll find somebody with a little stronger leg, but, um, you know, right now Suckable leaves the franchise as the most, you know, most accurate kicker they've ever had. So hard to get rid of that. Um, there was some other stuff that uh, went on. We had a chance to talk to Levante David for the first time since he signed his new contract. And as you would expect, um, he's happy to be back with the Bucks. You know, it, it's interesting because David had never really been a free agent. I mean, you know, after his first four years with Tampa Bay, he was a second-round pick out of Nebraska. Going back about 2012, he signed a, that that huge extension. is about a five year extension. I remember his mom was there, his dad was there. Both of them now deceased. Um, had another contract where he got a two year deal worth 25 million dollars. And then this this uh, of course this was the end of his of his of his contract. And so he said, you know, he just had to be patient. That it was, you know, having not been through this, he he knew it would take some time. It's difficult because the Bucks didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, he went from twelve five. He signed a one year deal for seven million dollars, and it's not really a below market value number for a guy that's already what thirty three years old. But you know, the fact that he's able to stay home in Florida, no state income tax. He really said, and I know the Buffalo Bills and there are some other teams that might have had an interest in him. Um, but he really said that it, it really wasn't that hard of a decision. You know, he kind of 
wanted to finish his career here as much as anything. And, you know, as much as anything, he didn't like how last year ended. He sounded a lot like Tom Brady when Brady came out of retirement. He just said, you know, um, it wasn't, you know, it was the whole season, not just the way the end of the season. He says everything was up and down all year. Um, it wasn't consistent. He said, you know, they're better football team the way they displayed. The playoff loss at home at the wild card games, probably one of the worst they've ever played. And he just said, when you're a competitor and you prepare like me, I feel like the best place to redeem myself was in Tampa, to stay in Tampa and kind of finish what I started. I've been here my whole career and I wouldn't want to go nowhere else. So it's a little bit of business and unfinished business um, that kind of got him back here. And I'm glad he is because there's only been a couple players in club history that have played 12 years or more with the Buccaneers um, consecutively. And you're talking about a pretty esteemed list. In fact, two are in the Hall of Fame, and one uh, was should have been a perennial Pro, Pro Bowl player, but he played on really bad teams, and that's Rondé Barber, who played, I think, 16 years. Derek Brooks, who played like 14, and then Gruber, I think, played 12. Uh, Dave Moore also played a bunch of years, but not consecutively. He played like 10 in a row. Then he was with the Bills and the Dolphins, and he finished up his career, played another three or four years here. But um, but if you could put yourself in that company, and, you know, David's always been a big Derek Brooks guy. Like he, you know, that was sort of his – they didn't play together. It was sort of his mentor, um, you know, the guy that uh, he anywhere he'd go – at one buck place, you'd see pictures of Brooks and, you know, Brooks didn't go anywhere else and had a chance to go to New Orleans, decided to retire instead. And he just thought, you know, I've walked these same halls and I've won a Super Bowl the way Derek did. And I've done all these things. Wouldn't it be cool if I could be one of those players who play his entire career um, with Tampa Bay? I, I don't think he comes back if he thought they had no chance to win. But the reality is, is that you could go to Buffalo and get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs too. You know, um, the AFC is not an easy an easy road by any means. So the one thing I'll say about him is, Steve, like last year, which surprised me, guy played 17 games. And you know he had just one fewer tackle. He almost led the team. He had one fewer tackle than Devin White, which is saying something. You know, when you can match that guy who is, you know, arguably the best player given his age and all that he impacts. But, yeah, 124 tackles for white 123 um i believe for uh yeah i believe for levante david but uh listen it's they're gonna need him he's not a big voice he's just a quiet leader they're gonna need other guys to step up you lost tom brady um we'll see who the quarterback is but you know whether that's you know shaquille barrett who comes back or vita vea um you know, there there needs to be some new leaders, Antoine Winfield Jr., some bigger voices in that locker room now because, you know, Brady, it was a Brady-led team, and, and Brady didn't lead the defense. That was always Levante, but they need other guys to, to step up and, and, and kind of take that mantle a little bit because he's not going to be here much longer. I think he's year-to-year. That's why he signed a one-year deal. I really, when I talked to him in August, I sat down with him. I remember it was in um, – in Tennessee, in Nashville, for the uh, one of the later preseason games, and when he talked to me about, you know, he just had uh, 
they just had their first child, a little girl. I thought this was I thought he was going to retire after at this past season. I mean, he really sounded like a guy who was comfortable with his career and that he wanted to be able to you know, spend that time with his with his family and you know, things were changing for him. Um I really didn't expect him to play again, but he obviously had such a good year and they've done a good job in terms of giving him time off. I mean, that's been the biggest thing is that you know, he uh, started eating better. He's, he's lost weight. He stays in great shape. And the maintenance part, you know, during the week, and I, I think this sort of started with Bruce Arians, but it got better last year. You know, Levante would have a day, like he just didn't practice on Fridays. And they've done this with some of their older veterans. Of course, they've had the oldest team in the league now for three years. So you can't do it with everybody or no one would practice. But they would they would make sure that these guys get rest and recovery. Um, and it made all the difference for him. Because, you know, he, he took care of the little injuries that you get during the year. And, you know, when he got with the trainers, they had a program. They had periods for him to get off his feet. So it really worked out. So I think I think they kind of found a sweet spot for him um, to try to maintain. But it's remarkable that these – I'm telling you, Steve, these guys that play this many years in the NFL, it's not normal, man. It's – the toll that that takes on their bodies – and and of course now we know unfortunately sometimes on their minds but it's a it's a brutal sport it's an unforgiving sport and to be able to play at a high level like that at the NFL for twelve you know thirteen years is just remarkable. Any of these sports, to be honest, I mean I That's I'm true. around a lot of hockey players that have, oh know, God how do they do it? And you know they Lighting just had their alumni weekend this past week and they had over thirty guys in from all different yeah. eras in the past and and just that was you know, great. Knowing what they put their their bodies through for years, and yeah, and seeing them now, and and you know, a lot of them are in good shape. Some of them have some issues, and and will for the rest of their yeah. lives. And yeah. you know, that's kind of the price you pay when you you sign up and play. You know that going in, but it doesn't doesn't mean it's any easier. Yeah, yeah, it's you live with those those, those injuries come back and get you, and and you're still a young man, um, age wise, but a- athletically and the way your body feels, a lot of them end up with knee replacements, hip replacements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife is on the uh, this this board of the Golden Heart Fund, which is something they started with the 49ers. She works for Eddie DeBartolo, obviously, and um, it's separate from the NFL for guys that you know need a hand up, not a hand out. But they uh, they're constantly talking to former players, many of them about the age of some guys that I started covering. Um, these guys are like in their 60s now, some of them. And it's remarkable just how many of them struggle at, uh, physically by the time they're 60 years old and sometimes mentally. But like they they age quickly, you know, very often. And it doesn't matter what you do or how, how you take care of yourself post-career. Um, there's just the cumulative effect of, you know, all, all that all that wear and tear on your body. It, it's difficult. So. Um, but yeah, good for Levante David. It's going to be, it's going to be great. He's, he's one of the, one of the real gentlemen of the game. One of the really, uh, great stories, a guy that, that, you know, um, didn't qualify coming out of high school in Miami, um, went to a junior college. In fact, he's on the same junior college team as Jason Pierre Paul, um, played a long, long time and didn't get, you know, you think about his first, what was it? 2012 until Brady got here in you know, 2020, no playoff appearances at all, you know, and for that reason didn't, didn't make enough pro bowls and enough all pros 
because numerically, like you just look at his numbers, they're almost comparable to Derek Brooks, you know, but, but Brooks was on much better football teams Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm not comparing the two, but he had a, you know, Levante David has had hall of fame performance for the, for the 12 years that he's played. I mean, that he's played at that level, Mm -hmm. but he won't, he won't get the consideration because of the, Mm. As you said, the the Pro Bowl awards that, and the fact that the team was not very good. I mean, exactly. same, same reason Gerald McCoy never got the respect he deserved either. That's right. Na- nationally, I mean, he was on those teams with Levante David, and neither one of them got the recognition they should have for as well as they played, despite the fact their teams weren't very good. Exactly right. I want to talk about the Lightning. Their seven to two loss at Ottawa here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May. Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems in the area for 13 years now. Uh, There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install to fit your needs, and they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there on the roof doing those solar panels, those are Billy Mays guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. and schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, Steve, I wanted to ask you about the Lightning. I watched a good part of this game. They were in Ottawa. They fell behind two to nothing. Uh, those slow starts have gotten them a few times on the road this year. Um, and I was looking at it differently, I know, than than, than you did. Uh, one of the things I've wondered about is, you know, if they don't get off to a decent start, right, on the road, a fast start, and you want to get off to a fast start wherever you're playing, obviously. You don't want to chase the game. And they fell behind two to nothing. But – if it's not Cooch or Point or Stamkos, it just doesn't feel, and I know, you know, of late Alex Kalorn has kind of had a hot stick. It doesn't feel like they have enough other guys that score. You know what I mean? I mean, your guys are your guys. You, you always need your best players to be your best players. I get that. Um, but if they're not putting it in the net right away, or at least to start the game, uh, they struggle. And, you know, this game got away from them about the third period and then it got ugly. You had another perception, I think, which is more accurate, which is they've been giving up too many odd man rushes. And and with Elliott in that, he just couldn't save them. Well, I mean, look at the first goal tonight. It was a three-on-one rush. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and John Cooper in his post game said, we talked before the game constantly about don't give up the rush. Don't give up the rush. <laughs> Ottawa's a fast <laughs> they team. There. They like the rush. What did they do? They kept giving up the rush. <laughs> and in a bad bad penalty by Jeannot in the third period. I mean, you got you know you were down two zero going the second. You get it to two to one, and then late in that period, Jeannot takes a bad penalty in the offensive yeah. zone, and they get a power play goal. Now it's three to one. They got it to three to two, mm-hmm. and then they did. They gave up. Yeah. You know, but the question I have for this team, and, and look, mm-hmm. scoring is always in the playoffs. It's harder, and you need your stars yeah. to be stars. And let's not forget. The best game-winning goal scorer in playoff history for the Lightning isn't on this team anymore, Andre Pilat. It's Andre Pilat, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you know, now Brendan Hagel has picked up a lot of that slack this season, as far as regular season goes. 
He has. We'll see I don't what know he where does. Nick Paul has been this year, though. Well, so. but he's also playing down on, you know, basically your third line at this point. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, he's not getting top six minutes and top six play. That's true. You know, come playoff time, look, you're going to need Alex Kalorn or a Ross Colton or a Nick Paul. You're going to need some of that scoring Yeah, from those guys. Mm-hmm. For outside point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hagel. I mean, those are your top yeah. four scoring as far as this year. So you're going to need right. some other scoring. But to me, it's the defensive lapses. And when I say defense, I don't mean necessarily the defense men. On the defense They're men. They're part yeah. of it. But it's the, as a five-man unit. How many odd man rushes have they given up in the last month? It just seems oh, like it doesn't stop in these games. Yeah. And whether it's the defenseman pinches and the, the forward isn't coming back to cover or they're making risky passes when you have nobody behind you because you're the last man there, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, th- there's a lot of different reasons that lead to those rushes. But that's what they've got to shore up. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it, you give those up in the playoffs. Don't forget, the top forwards are going to be playing more. Right. You know, your top players, so which means you're going to be giving up to the top players more rushes if you're going to give up rushes. Yeah. You know, that's what concerns me most about this team is is can they buckle down, turn it up, whatever you want to say, flip the switch mm-hmm. to stop those. And, and a lot of our mental errors, you know, it's if you're the last man at the blue line, you've, you've got to make sure the shot or the pass gets through. It cannot not get through. Yeah. You know, you're down at, you're down at the goal line looking to score near the goalie and you, you turn the puck over. You got guys back. There's 200 feet. Yeah. You know, I mean, the lightning play, the lightning play pretty good defense when it's in your zone five on five. They're, it, but it's those rushes that have – I don't know if they've given up more this year than in the past. It sure seems like it. Yeah. You know, and have they ever fully made up for the loss of McDonough and Jan Ruda defensively? I, I don't know Probably yet. Not. I mean, Nick Perbix is going to play his first playoffs. If Darren Radish is playing, he's going to be playing his first playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going we're gonna to see what some of these guys are. But I think there's more onus on the five-man unit to be more responsible defensively. And mm-hmm. they've got nine regular season games left to, to try to get that in shape. Or, you know, can they flip the switch like they seem to have done for the last three years? Well, two years. The bubble year is a little different as far as flipping a switch. But yeah. the last two years, even though they've struggled down the stretch, they've been able to turn it up come playoff time. Can they do it again? We'll see. I mean, they're going to be playing a – very tough Toronto team, and it looks like they're going to start on the road as Toronto won again tonight. So the Lightning are I believe, five points behind Toronto, and Toronto has two games in hand. But that win by They're Toronto not- actually reduces the Lightning's magic number to clinch a playoff berth to 10 because Florida lost. Well, and that's the thing, right? Because I'm sitting here, and, I, and they show the schedule, you know, and they, they've mm-hmm. got to go. they got a game in the afternoon at Boston next. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to Carolina, which is not an easy team to play. And then they nope. come home against Washington. They struggle against Carolina, particularly at Carolina. Yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, those three games, you might be lucky to get two points, you know? Uh, and so are they in danger of not making the postseason? But really, they're So their magic number is 10 with nine games to go. Yeah. So that means, and they have nine games to go. If they go five and four the rest of the way, mm-hmm. they're in. Doesn't, yeah. ma- doesn't matter what Florida or Pittsburgh does. So those are the, those are the does, two right. teams right at the at the fighting for the last playoff or the wild card spot. Yeah. So let's say they go three and six the last nine. Mm-hmm. 
that means Florida has to go eight one and one just to tie the Lightning. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a tall order. Yeah, and at that, but they probably would have the tiebreaker, but it comes down to regulation wins, and the mm. Lightning have three more regulation wins than the Panthers right now. Depends on how Florida and Tampa Bay would get those wins. Tampa Bay's three wins and the Florida's eight wins. Yeah, if they end up at a tie, so. I mean, you're not in, and as John Cooper will tell you, and he he said, he said many times recently, until you get that That's X my by your name, concern. until you get yeah. that X by your name, you're not in. Yeah, he constantly harps on that. It would take a monumental collapse for them mm-hmm. not to get in, or an unbelievable run by and, and, by somebody. And, else. and as much as Florida could go eight one and one, Pittsburgh's only a point ahead of them. If Pittsburgh goes like five and five, you're in anyway. Right, exactly. Because it's not, it's not only you're you're kind of. You're kind of you know trying to knock out either Pittsburgh or Florida at this point. Sure. You know, like I said, there's a point separating them. And Florida and, yeah. and Pittsburgh's got a game ahead. They're actually playing as we're speaking right now. Last I mm. saw, that game was one-one at Colorado. Gotcha. Uh, actually, they're down. I'm sorry, they're at Dallas. They're down two to one to Dallas. So if they lose tonight, the magic number to eliminate the Penguins, I believe, would be eleven. So you know, you know, I mean. So even if Florida gets really hot, if Pittsburgh loses a few, you're still going to get in there too. So, yeah. Well, you don't. You never want to think that it's that you got it right. Like as soon as you think, oh, you know, the math works in our favor, we got this. Then, then you do go on a collapse, and you don't want to have that happen. I'm sure Cooper, and, and that's why you you just don't. Mm-hmm. Like you said, until you see the X by your your name in the standings, you're not in the postseason. So you have to keep playing and playing the right way. Mm-hmm. This was ugly. They've had some ugly games mm-hmm. on the road, and they've had some games where they've given up. Five. I've seen this year, and I don't have any proof. I've looked at the numbers. I don't know. It seems to me they've been more five and six and seven goal games than I remember. Um, and yet, Elliott's actual record is pretty good mm-hmm. heading into tonight. His overall, you know, win loss record. So you can't really say um, that that's that's the huge difference when he's in net because 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 he, he has a good win percentage. But yeah, Elliott um, is now eleven six and two on the season. Which you would take any year, right? Mm-hmm. Of your backup goalie? Yeah, absolutely. Heck yeah. You know, Heck the Lightning's yeah. problem is just they're not a good road team this year. They're not. They like, are not. They're a different team at home. Yep. I mean, their road record is 17, 18, and 1. They have a losing yeah, record on the that's road. That's not good. They're yeah, below hockey 500 on the road. I mean, that's not, that's not what we're used to seeing from the Lightning. And I know right. the Lightning will tell you they don't care if they start on the road or at home in the playoffs. Just get in. Let's play, but as bad as they've played on the road this year, it's got to concern it you a little bit. It might be a problem. Yeah, yeah, it might be a problem. And I agree with them. I think a lot of times when, you know, unless you get to a game seven, mm-hmm. but a lot of times when you start at home, we talked about this before, there's like this expectation you're going to win, you have to win, and when you don't win, it feels like you've lost two or three games, right? Yep. And 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 so I, I always thought, yeah, man, I would rather start a series on the road, take one of the two, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm good, you know? Um, now, here's the other part of this, too. The Lightning Saturday will finish a stretch of 19 games in 33 days. That is the most in franchise history in a 33-day window to have 19 games. Wow. They've never done this before. And part of that now, was a why make, is, why part of that, that Part of that was a makeup game. The Buffalo game got moved from okay. two days before Christmas. Weather, the snowstorm right? yeah. moved into this. So it would have been 18 and 33. Now it's 19 and 33. Sunday and Monday. Sunday and Monday, the 26th and 27th, is the first two days in a row they didn't have a game since February 19th and 20th. 
Jeez. five weeks. That's crazy. That they have not you had can't. two days in a row without a game. You can't practice, right? I mean, you can't. Well, very little practice. practice, but I mean, you, you know, you're just trying to rest at that point. Yeah. Now, every other day after Saturday, they get two days off, and then they'll play every other day for the next week. Then they'll get three days off. Ooh. Then they'll play a back-to-back in New York, then go to Ottawa another day. Then they get two more days off, and then mm-hmm. they'll play their final two games at home on a Tuesday and a Thursday. So they're going to start to get some rest now. I mean, you know, The rest this is, is coming, yeah. Yeah, and there's some other teams. You know, They now have two games in hand on Florida and on Pittsburgh in this. Those teams are going to have to play more games going down the stretch now mm-hmm. where the Lightning are going to now get some rest after 19 and 33. I mean, th- since the All-Star break, they've played the most games. They went from being – a couple games in hand on on other teams, and now other teams have games in hand on them. Wow! Since the All Star break, and it's it's been a it's been a grind of a schedule, and and you know, and I know they haven't practiced a lot because because John Cooper values rest at this point over practice with this team. Yeah, you'd have to. So you hope that once you get through Saturday, that you're going to see some rest. I mean, you know, they started Brian Elliott. I wonder how much Vassie's going to play these last nine games. Well, that's a good point. They, yep. rest, they tried to give him some rest mm-hmm. a year ago. Yeah, you have one back-to-back, so you figure mm-hmm. Elliot will play at least Elliot one of those. Start that one. <clears throat> There's yep. two in New York at the Rangers and Islanders. Yep. But I wonder how many more he's going to get. I assume Saturday Vazzy will start against mm-hmm. Boston. Yeah. Um, next week you get Carolina, Washington, and the Islanders. You get three, yeah. three games, and you get three days off after that Islander game. So does Elliot get one of those three? Maybe the Washington well, game? If they were somehow able to clinch, I think they mm-hmm. would probably sit Bassey too. You know, well, a lot of it will depend on Bassey likes to work. He doesn't he likes like to, to play. be off a long yeah. time. So, yeah. I'm guessing the final game of the season against Detroit, he plays mm-hmm. because there's at least three days off before the first playoff game on the 17th. Sure. So I'm guessing he'll play that day. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't play against Toronto on the 11th, depending on where they're at standing wise in that. But yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but. You know, it's not to make excuses because every team goes through stretches like this, but 19 and 33 days, almost five weeks without two days in a row without a game is, is they've never done that in their franchise history. Yeah, it's tough. And all the things you've said there, I think the road record is the one that would be the most concerning. Mm-hmm. But when you play in the postseason, everybody kind of has the same deal, right? They're all getting on planes and they're traveling the same days and mm-hmm. they're playing the same number of days. and And you're playing the same team, too. So there is a... I think, at least if you're the Lightning, there's been an advantage of, of figuring figuring things out and making adjustments. Mm-hmm. I think they've been great at that in series, and that's why they've been able to come back in several of them. So Now, you could argue last week they kind of did a playoff series with New Jersey. They did. And they, they did. won the first two, probably they had their best game in game one. Yep. New All Jersey kind no of doubt. pushed back in game two, and then game three, New Jersey was the better team. Pushed back, yeah. And so mm-hmm. New Jersey made the better adjustments in that. Now, it's not truly a playoff series in that, but – Right. You know, the players kind of uh, talked about it kind of being a tune-up for playoffs. Felt that and, way, and, yeah. You know, playing mm-hmm. the same team twice in a row and, and that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, look, it, am I worried about the Lightning struggling right now and then going, oh, th- this is over? No. I mean, last year in March, they went 8-7. and seven. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've struggled the last two years down the stretch when they've they basically – things were clinched and, you know, it is the dog days and the mental grind. Am I worried about that? No. Do I worry about the the lack of stopping the rush? 
mm-hmm. and some of their defensive issues. Yes, I, that's what I worry about. I, I think secondary scoring is a little bit, but to me, it's it it just feels like they've been a lot more leaky defensively and giving up those really the odd man rushes. And and Vazzy stops a lot of them, but you don't stop them all. Yeah, and well, that's just that's just careful with the puck, right? I mean, that's that's just playing the right way, isn't it? I mean. Um, a lot of it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 takes a five man effort. That, yeah. It, but but one person doesn't do their job, and that's what can lead to a rush. Yeah, yeah. You know, one pass doesn't get through, or one shot doesn't get through from the point, yeah. and it they leads take to rushes. Doing and, it. You know, yeah. You know, sometimes in the playoffs, you you can't. It's not always making what what you think is the best play, but it's making the smart play. Make the right play. Yeah. Yeah. Make the smart play. You know, Get it on so, the boards, whatever you got to do. And this yeah. team has shown you that they can flip that switch and do it. The yeah. question is, will they do it again? And and that's, you know, that's why they play the game, as you say. But are there Such things to be concerned season. about with this team? Of course there are. Yeah. I mean, you know, any any fan who says they got no shot, look at the way they're playing, it's over, you're wrong. No, that's not. But any fan that also says they got nothing to worry about, they'll be fine, you're you're not right either. Also I mean, wrong. <laughs> Right. This team look well. There's a there's a lot better teams in the East this year than there have been. I, I think the East is better, and I don't think they're as good of a team. Yeah. When you, when you lose guys like McDonough and Pal- and Ruda from last year's team, and you've in Palat. I mean, don't forget those are three y- key Yanni pieces Gord, that you're missing right? from last year. Yeah, Yanni Gord. Well, yeah, you go back years for Gord and Coleman and Goodrow and all the guys they've lost over the last few years. Yeah. Are they as strong? Are they as I would say? Are they as deep? Not as deep. No, no. not not even close. Yeah. Now, is Kucherov a better player than he was a couple of years ago? Probably. Is mm-hmm. Point a better player? Probably. I mean, you know. Definitely, so yeah. is Sergachev definitely playing sure. better than than he did a few years ago? As he's matured and grown and got Probably. more experience? Absolutely, he is. Yeah. Um, you know. So I mean, that's what that's what has to happen. In salary cap worlds. Is you yeah. need young guys to step up and take on bigger roles because you're going to lose veterans. I mean, the Bucks are experiencing it, and it's going through everywhere. I mean, that's what yeah. in a salary cap world, that's what happens in sports. Yeah, and hard so, to keep them together. You can't. That's what's made this you run can't. But that's why you need young guys to step up and and take on bigger roles. And that's what Sergachev's done this year with McDonough being gone. That's what Nick Perbix right. is stepping into and with no Jan mm-hmm. Ruda and and Darren Radish is now getting some and Brendan Hagel's kind of taking Palat's role and. You know, yeah, I mean that's that's what you need to have happen. And then they went and got pieces like Tanner Janot and and Mikey Asamont, and you know we'll see how they continue to fit in. I don't think they've fully found their roles yet. And if you remember, Nick Paul and, and Brendan Hagel struggled a little bit after the trade deadline last year too. Yeah, I think Nick Paul figured it out a little quicker in the playoffs. Hagel, I think, struggled. Although defensively, he was fine. Never really found his yeah. offensive game that much in the playoffs. Well, he's but found it, was it now. Part of the shutdown line, but yeah, I mean, you know, so it's. Are there concerns for the Lightning? Absolutely. And and look, most likely, let's say they, they keep winning in the playoffs. The odds are your teams that you're playing are Toronto, Boston, and Carolina. Mm. Maybe the three best teams in hockey. <laughs> that's right. Welcome to the East. I, I mean, that's... Although none of those teams, we might add, are looking forward to playing Tampa Bay. <laughs> none well, of sure, them. Sure, sure. But I mean, as we I look mean... at the standings now, that is the first, second, and fourth best teams in hockey. Wow. New Jersey's third, mm-hmm. which that, yeah. if it's not Carolina, it's, it, the odds would say it's New Jersey and that you'll face sure. in the third round. So you're going to if you win, if you keep winning, you're probably going to play three of the top four teams in hockey. Sure. 
And if you win that and you get Vegas in the final, now you're playing four of the top five. Yeah. And that's, just, of course, assuming the Lightning are winning. But, I mean, you know, their their conference got tougher, and it was already tough last year. So they got their work yeah. cut out for them. Well, it was a, it was kind of a humbling loss, and, and uh, we'll see what they do when they, they play the bright lights in the primetime game um, coming up against Boston, which is always a good rivalry. Uh, anytime those two teams get together. So that'll be, that'll be fun. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, a couple uh, mailbag questions or two here, and we'll wrap it up for the week. All right, expanding on what we were just talking about, Jeff, and some of this we answered, but there's some other parts. Jeff asked, watching another listless Bolts effort tonight. This team is going nowhere. Can't see them beating the Leafs this year, and this team is in cap hell and have no draft picks for the next few years. The team is not getting any younger. Sure sounds like another Tampa team, huh? Well, there's some – I mean, there's not mm-hmm. – well, I think no we've addressed a, a lot of the play. You, you took apart all mm-hmm. of those. Uh, first of all, I would say uh, relax. Well. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I was a little down on before this podcast, but this guy, he's been yeah. drinking the hemlock. I mean – Well, and here's another now. thing about the draft picks. And, and the NHL is very different than the NFL. Yes. Unless you're picking in the top ten in the first round. Mm-hmm. Your draft pick ain't playing for three or four years, most likely. That's correct. Yep. A few may It's closer to in. Major League Baseball than it is yes. to, to So football. not having draft picks, you're you're impacting the team years from now. Right. So, you know, it's not like having draft picks this year, a first-round draft pick that you're going to pick anywhere from, let's say, 20 to 32. Mm-hmm. You weren't probably going to get a starter, so it's not like that player was going to be on the team next year, most likely. Right. So – the, the draft pick part, do they have some issues with draft picks down the run? Yes. They basically have no top three-round draft pick for the next three years. Now, there are ways to get draft picks back, potentially, if they choose to, mm-hmm. by trading players, et cetera. Um, but, I, you know, that's where, you know, one of the things Julian Breezeball has done is traded for guys like Brendan Hagel, who they control for five years. Nick Paul. Who they signed for a extended a yeah. seven year contract for three million dollars a year, very cap friendly deal. Sure, for a player that's played as well as he has. Uh, Tanner Janot, they plan on he's a restricted free agent, I believe. Mikey Asimon is an unrestricted free agent, but I think they plan on extending him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these guys they've traded for. It, it's guys that they have under control that they can keep at a lower cap number. One of the reasons you do a seven year deal with Nick Paul was to keep that number at three million a year. Because you have guys like Kucherov and Vasilevsky and Sergachev all making nine and a half million starting next year, yeah, and you know, no, Braden points it's up there. It's not like the NFL; it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys borrowed money that they knew they'd have to pay back in terms mm-hmm. of a hard salary cap, and and they did it for three years because of Brady, and it's really put them in a bad spot, a bad spot now, mm-hmm. and probably for the next two years. And the draft is more important to them because those guys are going to come in and play. Yep. You know, they have to fill some of the spots of what was the oldest team in the NFL. Now, you're not asking Lightning players to do that in the draft. So, And the Lightning players, most of these system. players are in their prime. 
Right. So this right. core of Kucherov, Point, Point, Sorelli, mm-hmm. Chernak, yeah. um, you know, Hedman and Stamkos are starting to get up there a little bit in age. But the core mm-hmm. of this team, Vasilevsky, they're all in their mm-hmm. primes. And you've yeah. guaranteed they're going to be together for a while. Are your third line and fourth line forwards going to change out every year, every have. other year? I yeah. mean, you know, and if you have. look you look at this team next year, I, I don't expect Pierre Edward Belmar to be back. I don't expect Corey Perry to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Kalorn probably won't be back. He's an f- unrestricted free agent unless he's going to take a lot less money. Right now, mm-hmm. he's making four point four five million, I believe. Right. They're not going to sign him for that. I know he'd probably like to stay here, so maybe he comes in on a, a lesser deal. You know, but the core of the team, the points, the Cooches, the Vasilevskis, the Sergachevs, the Chernaks, the Sorellis, in the prime. Nick Pauls, the Brendan Hagels, yeah. mm-hmm. these guys are all going to be there. You're going to change out a lot of the side piece, the, the 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 secondary pieces. Yeah. You know, Stamkos has another year left on his deal, I believe, and they'll have to deal with that. Hedman, they've extended, but. Yeah. Third and fourth line, guys. Yeah. I mean, so are those going to change out? Yeah, but it's just, it's just the same thing you see in the NFL in that. Sure. It's find your core, pay them, keep them together. Lock them up, try to keep them as long as you can. And then try to yep. find the pieces that fit and work with your team, your system, your culture. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are, the, are the Lightning going to have their work cut out for them because they don't have a lot of draft picks in their, in their farm system or minor leagues or considered some of the poorest in, in hockey at this point? Yes, they do have their work cut out for them. But, yeah, but as long as that like core is together, they're going to keep pushing and trying to win championships. They've won two. Well, and that's that's the thing. They came within two games of winning a third. Mm-hmm. And there were overtime games. And, and, mm-hmm. and like the Bucks, you have your window now. Mm-hmm. you know, And they've extended that window further than most, most teams ever do in the NHL with the salary cap. So mm-hmm. what they're doing is working, and they still have – like I said, no no team, whether it's Boston, Toronto, any of them are going to think, oh, it, you know, we got this. Tampa's in it, but we got this. No. And I've heard this said several times on hockey shows that the playoffs still are going to run through Tampa. You're still going to have to kill the beast, you know. Mm-hmm. And no one has done it for three years. They've made it to the NHL Stanley Cup Finals and won two of them. So mm-hmm. until, you, until you slay the dragon, he's going to be waiting for you there at some point. And as long as 88's back there in net. Oh, you're good. You know that's you in the back of every shooter's head games. just for a second. Yep. yep, 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 yep. And he's better in a postseason, and he can absolutely steal you one or two games a series, and that's the difference. I mean, you still that's go just th- the difference. You still go through the Eastern Conference and tell me whose goalie you have confidence of in the playoffs. Linus Allmark well, had they a haven't phenomenal done it. Year. I mean, I think yeah. Linus Allmark had a phenomenal year. Good. I yes, think, yeah, Sturkin, I agree. But like Allmark yeah. in Boston had a phenomenal year. Sure. We'll see what he does in the playoffs. I what think he'll he be good. In... I think he'll be good. Yeah. But you don't know. Right. You know right. what I mean? Go, but you go know through Vassie the is. Shesterkin, yeah. we've seen what he can do in the playoffs. Right. But he didn't win that series. He didn't win it. But, I mean, you don't win, win it by fault, himself. You don't but... win it by yourself. Yeah. But, I mean, we no, saw no, him no. play really well in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen him. He was him. great. It was a great battle. Mm-hmm. Great battle. You know, so as long as 88's in net, you got a shot. But. No doubt. The lapses against that rush still concern me. Mm-hmm. And yep. can they shore that up? And, 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 you know, is it 
Is it physical mistakes? Sometimes is it mental mistakes? Yes, a lot of times. Yeah. Can you shore that up? And can some of the rest for the last three weeks help? You hope. You know, if it's mental mistakes you're making, if you can get a few extra days off the ice and, and no games in a row, maybe that gets them that rest they need. I mean, you know, time will tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't worry about the picks yet just because, like I said, in the NHL, you're not picking for this year. Yeah. No, it's not the NFL. This is not. Those yeah. are not guys you, you're counting yeah. on coming in and playing the, right away. The Bucks have picked 19. You need an impact player there. Absolutely. You need them all the way through the mm-hmm. fourth or fifth round, to be honest with you, yeah. this year. For this team, you do. Absolutely. You know, the NHL, yeah. it's about projecting in the future. And they and they also got some college guys that aren't in their farm system right now that they hope to sign. Um, sure. They just signed one now that just finished playing for Providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Syracuse now. So, you know, you're hoping that in the future, too. So. All right, we'll go, uh, end it with this last question here. Mike had yep. uh, tweeted you. He says, Rick, what are the odds the Bucks select a running back, i.e. Robinson, in the first round? With Mayfield a mobile quarterback – couldn't we see select offensive line help in subsequent rounds? I understand that the draft will be rich in offensive linemen this year. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I always say this. You know, teams say they're going to take the best player available mm-hmm. regardless of position. And what they always mean is we're taking the best player available at a position where we have a need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I really never buy it. Now, could you say, you know, you're not sold on Rashad White being the guy. Like, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. I think the jury's still out on him. You know what I mean? I haven't seen enough from Rashad White to know that he's going to be my bell cow back. You know, he started half the games last year. He had one game over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. I think if Robinson's um, there at 19, you got to look at him. I don't think he'll be there at 19. Because of the value, yeah. I don't yeah. think he will either. Um, and and I, I don't know that, you know, just because your biggest need might be offensive line, if it doesn't fall that way, Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you just take the best available offensive lineman at 19. You know, if if there's a player that's an edge rusher or if there's an inside linebacker or a safety um, or something that you can use right away, I think you you got to look for that guy to play. You know, in past years, whether it was Logan Hall last year, like you weren't asking Logan Hall to come in and play right away. You had Akeem Hicks and you had Vita Vea, right? So you knew that those guys are getting older particularly Akeem Hicks, and you'd had Ndamukong Sue, so you needed to start to addressing the inside uh, defensive line position. But um, this year, you ne- you probably need that that first round, second round, maybe even third round pick to start in, in some cases. Um, running back, I mean, you know, they, they, they say they like Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, you know, they've added to the, to the room a little bit. I don't know what's going to happen with Ezekiel Elliott. I know there's an interest – but a lot of that will have to do with the cost, right, mm-hmm. um, and what he's looking for. Um, he's slowed down quite a bit, so I don't know that he's a big upgrade over Leonard Fournette. Better blocker, for sure. Uh, maybe a better short yardage back. Um, but a guy that, obviously, Skip Pete knows, their running backs coach from Dallas, and, and they ran it like a 1,000 times and didn't have a single fumble from the running back position last year, which is good. But, um, yeah, that, that, one would be, that would be a tough one. Um, you know, but if but if he fell that far, it, look, if you get an elite player that's not supposed to be there and you had him rated much higher than that in the top 10 and you're at 19, you take the best player. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never want to turn down a good player. But running back, I don't think, is high on their list of needs as, as much as, you know, offensive line, edge rusher, those kinds of things. Well, Rick, congratulations to the FAU Owls. Knocking I saw off that, Tennessee man. just as we're wrapping up this podcast. Fired up. Yes, the nine seed. 
Yeah, being, man. Being That's Tennessee. pretty cool. So Kansas State and UConn also advanced. And right now, UCLA and Zaga are close in the second half as we're taking. The Kansas State-Michigan State game was awesome. That was fire. Went into overtime. Um, I, I thought I thought Tom Izzo was going to get to the Elite Eight. It's kind of pulling for the old guy. I don't know why. Nostalgia, maybe. I think I saw um, a number. Kansas State, if I recall this correctly, and I don't remember who tweeted it. So uh, this is their 16th appearance in the Elite Eight. Tied for sixth all-time. Wow. Kansas State. Don't even, you don't even think of them as a basketball school I, per I se, right? I mean, if you would have given me 20 guesses at that, I would have never guessed them. <laughs> you wouldn't have been on Kansas State, yeah. No. So I'm hoping they, that stat's right since I, I said it on the podcast. But Yeah, well. We'll we'll see what we missed. It's one not one hundred percent guaranteed tonight. Um, what a mailback question, but yeah, FAU, which had uh, not been to the tournament, now and all goes all the way now to the Elite Eight. That's incredible. So they're they're sort of still one of many Cinderellas that are. Uh, it's been it's been a great tournament. It's been fun, and I watched that Tennessee team a year ago in the SEC final. In fact, that was the day that Tom Brady decided to unretire mm-hmm. after I covered that game. Yep. <laughs> so, and all those guys were back. And mm-hmm. and I thought I thought that Barnes had his one of his best teams ever, and I really thought they were going to take care of business. So that's that's a big win for FA. It would be anyway, right, to get to the Elite Eight. But that Tennessee team, that's an experienced team with a ton of foreign players, you know, that they have uh, recruited from all over the world, really, uh, in a seven footer. And, and and so for them to go in there and do them, and they were trailing a good part of the early part of that game that I was watching. So pretty cool, man. FAU. Gets it done on to Elite Eight. Well, thanks for listening. Um, of course, we'll be back to talk about the Lightning and their weekend. We're getting closer to the start of opening day in Major League Baseball. You can feel the excitement. Of course, there'll be, I'm sure, plenty of uh, more Bucks talk and maybe some free agent moves as we get further down the line. So you want to check it out on Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 